0: You gotta give us some good news. Yeah. Welcome, Destination Devi listeners. This is Jeff Mueller, Doctor of Physical Therapy, your host for the Destination Devi Injuries Pod, bringing you another week. There are no bye weeks this week, but next week, Week Nine, we have Denver, Detroit, Jacksonville, and Niners, Ford Niners, and then Week Ten, we have Kansas City, Miami, Philadelphia, and L.A. Rams. Juggernaut offenses off next few weeks so thankfully we get a little week where we don't have to deal with too much some big injuries but at least no bye weeks but the next two weeks will be interesting so let's dive in to week eight injuries at quarterback Deshaun Watson he's already been listed as out with his shoulder injury the Browns would be wise to shut him down for another few weeks and there's still a part of me that, that won't be surprised if we do hear that he will eventually be getting surgery on his right shoulder. It was originally listed as a right rotator cuff contusion. It, it seems evident to me that he likely has a small rotator cuff tear that is still limiting his uh, his strength, his function, his ability to throw, his velocity. Go watch his five attempts. I know it was only five pass attempts in last week's game before he took himself out, but he clearly wasn't ready. He looks like he has a noodle arm. My overall concern here is that if this situation keeps going downhill, my main concern is that this might be a Cam, Cam Newton situation. And Watson has uh, you know could wind up having some significant uh, long-term implications here. So I'm hoping that's not the case. It just he did not look good at all. And, and it, it really didn't look like a situation where, oh, he just needs a week, he needs two weeks. He might need a little longer than that, so we'll just have to keep an eye on that and and watch to see what Cleveland does with their quarterback room. Uh, There are some rumors that they're considering bringing back in or trading for Jacoby Brissett. If they do that, they're likely expecting a, a long absence from Watson, but we'll just have to wait and see before this trade deadline. Daniel Jones, he has been listed as out for this week again. Now, there's been some reports going back and forth. Someone asked Brian Dable what he expects from Daniel Jones rest of season. And Dable was not able to report or, or give a report on his expectations for rest of season. I, it seems like it sounds like the media has taken that and run with it and, and kind of assumed, ah, Daniel Jones might be out rest of year. Another report just came out a couple hours ago today on Saturday that the plan is for Daniel Jones to be ready in one to two weeks. So it does sound like he's making good progress. He just wasn't quite ready this week. After throwing on Thursday and Friday, he hasn't been cleared for contact yet. But it sounds like he should be there in a couple weeks. The one variable here that we don't know will be, you know, Tyrod Taylor. It, it's it seems clear to a lot of us. I don't know if it's clear to Brian Dable. And again, we're not we're not head coaches. We're just coaching from our couch. But it seems like Tyrod Taylor is the better quarterback in this quarterback room for this offense. Uh, so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see how, they, how this plays out. Injury-wise, though, it does sound like Daniel Jones will be ready to go in a couple weeks. Justin Fields, he was also ruled out again. Again, I, I took, talked on him last week. His return is dependent on his pain, his strength, his ability to grip, his ability to throw, all of that. It does sound like he's making good progress, and... Also close to returning, possibly one to two more weeks, kind of like a Daniel Jones situation. So keep monitoring that situation. It does sound like he is close to returning, though. Ryan Tannehill, he was also listed as out with a high ankle sprain. I'd say he's likely out another one to two weeks, and then we'll just have to wait and see what what Tennessee decides to do before this trade deadline. They might they might make some big moves. They might tank. They might decide, hey, let's see what Will Levis or Levis can do. Uh, rest of season. It sounds like Will is going to start this week over um, over Malik Willis, but we'll just have to wait and see on that. It, it sounds like they're going to use both, but, but Levis is likely the main guy. So I don't know what they're going to do with Ryan Tannehill, but it sounds like he's going to be out for a couple more weeks. Jimmy Garoppolo, he will be active and good to go. He's expected to start and play. He does carry some re-injury risk if you're relying on him as a quarterback too, uh, but I don't think they were a little conservative with him last week. I don't think they would let him play if he wasn't fully good to go. So if you're relying on him in uh, super flex leagues, two quarterback leagues as your quarterback two, I think he's safe to play this week. And then obvious boost to, to the Las Vegas Raiders Pass catchers, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, should be safe to go, including Michael Myers. If you're banking on Myers having a solid game or, or you're weak at tight end and you were hoping for a game from Michael Myers, should be okay to play, especially leading up to Halloween, right? Kyler Murray, he is doubtful for this week, but it sounds like he will play week nine. There are the rumors out there that, you know, he, he was close to returning but uh, Arizona's holding him out before the trade deadline just to be able to trade him. I have no idea what's going to happen on that end. My job is to touch on injuries. I think he will be active next week. I just don't know for, for you know which team. I think it'll be Arizona, though. Trevor Lawrence, he is questionable but expected to play again. He didn't have any setbacks or at least any reported setbacks from last week, and he clearly wasn't limited by the knee. He had actually one of his best one of his most rushing production games last week and one of his best fantasy weeks last last week. So I am expecting a lot of the same this coming week. If you're relying on him as a quarterback, I think he's safe to play. Should be a borderline quarterback one with upside. Brock Purdy, man, everyone's talking about him right now. He was actually just cleared from the concussion protocol in record time. Uh, he was placed in the concussion protocol technically Monday night, uh, which is very similar to when a lot of other players are, are placed into it, but you know technically Monday night, but really uh, Tuesday, he has cleared today and he's going to play Week Eight. I I think this is a good reminder that no concussion concussion is similar, and that players can actually pass these phases or the concussion protocol. There are five phases. Shockingly, they can clear them in five days. So. I'm seeing some wild takes that, oh, this is fake news, or they're they're faking it just so they don't have to start Sam Darnold. Uh, I don't think they would subject themselves to that because they could be in, in for a very heavy fine from the NFL if that was true. So it sounds like his symptoms were very mild. This was a mild case. Actually, Gus Edwards was another example of a player to clear concussion protocol within six or seven days. So it can be done. Uh, even though all the, all the medical doctors out there are posting that it can't be on Twitter. So from an injury standpoint, notable to still, to to still say the risk for re-injury or a secondary concussion is still high within the first seven to 10 days. So there is the re-injury risk or secondary concussion risk. And if he were to, for some reason, suffer a second concussion, I'm sure the Niners will be put under the flame by everyone, but, uh. I do think the odds are that he plays without issue, and there's a good chance that he clears this game with no concussion issues moving forward. So if you are relying on him as a quarterback too, I think he's safe to play. And I just did did get news, officially Cardinals did not activate Kyler Murray, so he is ineligible to play this week, but we kind of knew that he was listed as doubtful. So likely next week. At running back, Jerome Ford, he's coming off the mild high ankle sprain. He did surprise both the Browns and all of us by returning to practice. We saw multiple videos of him cutting. He's actually moving really well laterally. Lateral, lateral agility, movement, cutting, change of direction, all of that is typically more limited with coming off high ankle sprain. So it does sound like he is. His list is questionable. I'm unsure if he's going to play. Now, with what we do know about high ankle sprains, even if he's active, I would expect low efficiency per touch, and he was already struggling with his efficiency per touch. So if you have Jerome Ford, you've probably been relying on him as your running back two flex option. I would sit Jerome Ford this week. Even if he's active, I would sit him. I'm I'm thinking, I'm projecting the Browns to mostly run through Kareem Hunt, who was actually fully removed from the injury report coming off his thigh contusion, and then... Uh, partially relying or partially using pierce strong so i don't anticipate Ford getting much touches if he's active good chance that he's actually inactive though zach moss he's coming off an elbow and heel injury i do think the heel is the injury that's limiting him here more than the elbow Uh, but he was a did not participate limited participant on thursday and then downgraded to did not participate on friday sounds like Getting back to practice on Friday, or getting back to practice on Thursday, did not go well. He had a little, he still had pain, still had setbacks, couldn't go on Friday. He's list is questionable, but it, I do think there's a legit chance that he's going to be out this game. Which if so, Jonathan Taylor is going to slide right into a massive bell cow roll. So, for DFS especially, Jonathan Taylor is I think 8th, 7th or 8th most expensive running back. He, I mean, he could have a massive week this week. Cause we know splitting work. They're both running back ones weekly running back twos with running back one upside. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be, have a very high ceiling this week. Hopefully he gets touchdowns. Raheem Mostert. He's listed as questionable, but he's expected to play. I am slightly worried about Mostert's production moving forward. As Mike McDaniel did say that he, he wants to get Jeff Wilson involved more in the run game, give him more touches and Mostert's now coming off the ankle injury. Um, I, here, I, I do think Mostert's still going to lead the backfield, but this could wind up being only a seven, eight point game for Mostert, especially if, he, if Jeff Wilson comes in and takes the goal line work, which I am projecting him to do. So you've probably been relying on Mostert as a low end running back one, high end running back two. This could be a risky play this week. It, given the running back landscape, I don't know if you actually have a good pivot anyways, so you probably have to play him. From an injury standpoint, I do think you can safely play Raheem Mostert with low re-injury risk. But I I would caution, I I don't think it's going to be a high-ceiling game for Raheem Mostert this week. So especially for DFS purposes, I would avoid Mostert. Austin Eckler, he's coming off an ankle, the high ankle injury, and then he did appear to suffer a or pick up a, a minor low ankle sprain last week. I think, especially on top of the high ankle sprain, I would expect this to continue leading to a reduced efficiency per touch. But again, it's Austin Eckler. So he's active. He's actually fully taken off the injury report. So it makes me think the mild low ankle sprain really is minor. You know, it's, it's a low impact on him. He's going to get the touches. You don't bench Austin Eckler, especially given the running back landscape. He's, he's a high volume, high PPR upside player anytime he's on the field. So despite the re-injury risk, you're still playing him. Roshan Johnson, he's coming off the concussion. He has finally cleared after two and a half weeks, he, and he was fully taken off the injury report. Now, secondary concussion risk is there. Plus, we have we, we don't exactly know what role Roshan Johnson's going to have Deontay Foreman has been playing admirably as running back one in Chicago. He's been getting the job done. I would anticipate Foreman being the lead back out of this backfield, even though after Khalil Herbert went down, the original plan was for Roshan Johnson to be the guy. Uh, we, I, I just don't know. I don't think we can safely project Roshan Johnson taking over the running back one role in his first game back. I'm, I'm expecting Chicago to be a little more conservative on that end. So if you were banking on Deontay Foreman, you probably picked him up, you know, off wafers or, or you had him really cheap. Uh, probably more of a flex option versus, you know, more of a running back three with running back two upside if he's getting touchdowns. I think you can still play Foreman. If you're really desperate, you're dealing with some injuries, you need a desperate flex play. Roshan Johnson is probably more of a running back four, running back three upside. Hopefully he gets the PPR, uh, you know, the receptions out of this backfield. Aaron Jones, he's coming off the hamstring strain, and he has been fully taken off the injury report. He actually told reporters this is the best he's felt since his hamstring strain occurred, even before his re-injury. Now, really good news, really good sign that he was fully taken off the injury report. That gives me some hope here. The only thing that gives me a little pause is that Matt LaFleur said he doesn't think Aaron Jones is fully good to go, so the Packers still want to be careful with him. I'm viewing Aaron Jones as a running back three with running back two upside. I think his efficiency per touch is going to return. Kind of like what we saw in week one. Probably not that that ceiling. Uh, you know, he was ultra efficient per touch. He only had 11 touches. I'm kind of projecting the same, around 8 to 12 touches for Aaron Jones, uh, and just hoping for really high efficiency. Hopefully he gets a touchdown. But he, he's more of a running back three, running back two upside. Miles Sanders, he has been taken off the injury report coming off the shoulder and groin injuries. He's no longer dealing with those coming off the bye. But with Carolina switching play callers and also admitting, admitting that they are adopting the running back by committee approach, there's still a very good chance that Chuba Hubbard remains the lead here. Chuba has outplayed Miles Sanders in pretty much every category possible. I would, If you have Miles Sanders, I would not play him this week. Kenneth Walker, he has been taken off the injury report fully, coming off a calf injury that gave us a little scare. He was a did not participate on Wednesday and Thursday before returning practice Friday, not having any limitations or issues, and fully taken off the injury report. Typically with running backs, mild calf strains do not lead to a big, big production drop or efficiency drop. The only concern I have here, so you're not sitting, Kenneth Walker, start him. The only concern here is if. Pete Carroll wants to be a little cautious with him, especially now that Zach Charbonnet is fully removed off the injury report as well, coming off his own hamstring strain. I could see them giving Zach Charbonnet more touches and Kenneth Walker. he He's, he's actually had one of the highest running back workloads and he's not, he's only had one top three production or one top three week. He's scoring more as a low end running back one. So that's my only concern with Kenneth Walker. The ceiling might be a little lower, especially with Charbonnet coming off um, his own injury. Seattle could want to limit Kenneth Walker, but again, it's not enough. That's just speculation that's, that's projecting you're not going to bench Kenneth Walker. David Montgomery has been, fully, um, it has been officially ruled out this week. So glad we know that on a Saturday before all the games start. We were projecting that to happen. I'm projecting David Montgomery to return after the Lions Week week 9 by next week. Uh, he'll return Week 10, most likely. So wheels up on another Jameer Gibbs week. This should be another big game for Gibbs. Though it's probably not going to be as much of a pass-heavy script, so I'm not projecting Gibbs to have as many receptions or targets. But again, should be another big week for Gibbs. At wide receiver, Debo Samuel has been ruled out again as projected. He's still dealing with that hairline fracture in his shoulder. The original goal was, or projection was, Debo was most likely going to miss two weeks, week nine bye for the Niners, and then likely return week 10. So we'll just have to keep a close eye on him next week as they enter the bye week. Zay Jones has been listed as out again. Uh, As expected, I, I won't be surprised if we hear you know, Maybe Zay Jones can return next week, but I won't be surprised if we hear that he'll need surgery at some point. Robert Jones, this is one I want to watch over the next couple weeks. He did not per- participate in practice at all this week and was listed out with a foot injury. Hopefully this isn't a multi-week absence for him, but it very well could be. If so, that leads to a big boost, not necessarily to Nico Collins. Nico has his role locked down, especially with C.J. Stroud, that rapport they've built, but more so with Tink Dell. I would expect Noah Brown to work in more, but I think the boost should be uh, they'll likely get Tank Dell more involved. Tyler Lockett, he's coming off a hamstring strain. He is listed as questionable, but Pete Carroll has said he's going to play a little bit of re-injury risk, especially given his age. Um, you know, With that re-injury risk, plus looking at this tough matchup in his role, they're facing Cleveland. This secondary is going to be very tough to pass on. I would be fine sitting Tyler Lockett if you have a good pivot option who you think can get you 10 to 12 points, just given the re-injury risk that is there for Lockett plus the, the tough matchup. It could be a down week for Tyler Lockett, especially with DK Metcalf fully healthy and back. Uh, it could be more of a DK DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith in a Jigba role. I, I'm kind of assuming that Geno targets more out of the slot here. Joshua Palmer, he is listed as questionable I don't think he's going to play. He was a, did not participate two days of the week, then got some work on the side field, dealing with a knee sprain. I'm projecting him to be out, but he did he did uh, surprise us a little bit coming off the groin strain where he didn't really practice much. I think he only got one practice day in and then wound up playing while being a game-time decision last week. But this week, I am projecting him to be out. Keenan Allen is the only wide receiver I would start, but this is a kind of a watch game for Quentin Johnson. If, if Joshua Palmer is out and Quentin Johnson can't get anything going this week, I think we need to be a little concerned about him. We already are. Curtis Samuel, he's dealing with a foot injury. He is listed as questionable, but it sounds like he's going to suit up. Uh, if active, I'd consider him as a flex option, probably more of a wide receiver 5, wide receiver 4 with a little bit of upside, but more so because, you know, especially because they're they're playing Philadelphia, Philly Philly's defense is probably gonna target more so trying to lock down Terry McLaurin. They never seem to be able to do that every time they play. But this is I, I'm projecting this to be a heavy pass scheme or script for Sam Howell. And Curtis Samuel has actually, even though he's limited with the foot injury, he as long as he's active, he has been one of Sam Howell's most dependable targets. So pass heavy script, most likely, with Philly leading. Sam is gonna be slinging it. Curtis Samuel's typically his top or second most targeted player. So I'd be fine playing Curtis Samuel and just hoping he doesn't suffer a re injury in game. Traylon Burks, he's fully off the injury report coming off his knee injury that limited him for or kept him out for several weeks. I would not play him in his first game back against this Atlanta secondary. I, I saw some info on uh, he's he's projected to be facing off against Jeff Akuta, who's actually been doing really well in, in coverage. Traylon Burks is more of a wait-and-see approach, especially with, again, likely Will Levis playing at quarterback. We have no idea what to, pro- what to project. This pass offense could wind up being just god-awful. Um, is it- probably one of the most targeted defenses in DFS this week, so I would just avoid pretty much anyone other than maybe Derrick Henry out of Tennessee. Tank Dell, he's fully off the injury report, cleared concussion protocol as projected coming off the bye week. Wheels up, especially with Robert Woods out. I'm viewing Tank Dell as a potential wide receiver three with upside. This is a great matchup, and he should be the wide receiver two uh, uh, depth chart wise. He should be the wide receiver two behind Nico Collins, and honestly might wind up being the most targeted wide receiver if the defense focuses on trying to stop Nico Collins. Tyreek Hill, he's also fully off the injury report after giving us a little scare with the hip, not being there on Wednesday, showing back up on Thursday, saying he just wanted attention. It does sound like the hip was bothering him a little bit. Hopefully this doesn't lead to a, a re-injury in game, but considering he's fully off the injury report, he's not, it's not like he's listed as a game-time decision. And again, it's Tyreek Hill. If you are even considering benching Tyreek Hill, you don't deserve to play fantasy football. Uh, for DFS purposes, yeah sure you could avoid him just given cost and a little bit potential re-injury risk I would at least have some entries with him in there Deontay Johnson he's coming off his hamstring strain he is fully off the injury report which is really good to see after he showed up as it did not participate on Thursday some people were speculating that that was a rest day he actually told reporters he felt some tightness and discomfort in a different spot in his hamstring and Pittsburgh just played it safe on, on Thursday and kept him out of practice. He was able to go on Friday, didn't have any issues, fully off the injury report. I'd be more concerned about Deontay Johnson for an in-game re-injury risk. If he was still on the injury report, list is questionable, something like that, or game time decision, something like that. So if you had to play Deontay Johnson, I think it's safe to play him this week. Should be a solid PPR option. And his, his him playing is not a reason to fade George Pickens. George Pickens has been playing lights out. I think you still need to play George Pickens. I was actually wrong last week. Christian Watson, he is really good to see on this one. He's actually fully been uh, removed from the injury report after dealing with a knee or right ankle injury. Uh, Seemed like a knee injury, a little MCL sprain, but he actually got full participations in. Didn't seem limited in the videos I watched. The only downside here is he's had such inconsistent production. I don't think you can play him in fantasy football. If you needed him as a, a cheap dart, DFS dart, hoping for a big play, he could pay off. Not my favorite option, but for, for starting leagues, I would be benching Christian Watson. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's coming off the concussion. He has fully cleared pro- protocol here. He's one that I'm, I'm not really sure how to pro- project going into this game. It should be a... A heavy pass script game against Miami. Um, you know, most likely New England's gonna have to pass a lot. I don't know what role Juju's gonna return to. He could be limited. What I hope doesn't happen is that uh, Juju being active limits Demario Douglas's snaps and touches. Demario Douglas looks like one of the best receivers that New England has. They should be getting the ball into his hands. He's explosive, he's dynamic. I'm hoping Demario Douglas still has a solid game here. And then Juju being active is not a reason to fade Kendrick Bourne. I actually like Kendrick Bourne against this Miami defense. Again, New England's going to have to pass. Mac Jones very well could throw for 300-plus. So Kendrick Bourne, I I wouldn't mind playing him this week. At tight end, Kylan Granson. He's still out with a concussion. Uh, Not a reason to start any of these other Colts tight ends. Just avoid that. Gerald Everett, he's dealing with a hip and hip and or quad injury. He is questionable in a late game. I do think he plays, but I would recommend sitting him given his his the variance of his production. He's had some bad games, he's had some good games. Hard to predict. And I would expect, you know, typically quad injuries reduce production and efficiency by about 20% for tight ends. So if you have another tight end option, go with that other option. Hopefully that other option is not this next guy because Luke Mus- Musgrave coming off the ankle strain sprain, um, he is listed as questionable. I would recommend finding another tight out, tight end option here as well due to re-injury risk plus production dip by about ten to fifteen percent. It does sound like Matt Lafleur. It, it does sound like they're they're expecting him to play, but I would expect Matt Lafleur to be cautious with Luke Musgrave, especially since he's their young stud tight end. He was proud of the fact that Musgrave was able to practice, but he was he did make several several comments to media that they have been planning a little bit more uh, playtime for Tucker Craft. So if you have Luke Musgrave, I would sit him this week, find another tight end option. Darren Waller, he is the one injury that I don't have a good read on this week, and I, I really don't know yet what to what to um, how to project him or what advice to give him other than, you know, he is listed as questionable, listed with a hamstring strain. This has been on and off bugging him since preseason. If Darren Waller is active, I think you're safe to play him. They wouldn't have him active if they if they saw anything risky. They would, they would likely sit him out, given the scare that he had in preseason, given the fact that they know that this has been stopping him. And Darren Waller has told the media he, he understands his body well, and if anything doesn't feel right, he knows that he, he would need to sit out and play it safe and get healthy. So <clears throat> as long as Waller is active, I think he's safe to play, which is good because the matchup against the Jets is actually pretty good for tight ends. And we know Tyrod Taylor is still quarterback. So I do th- expect if Waller plays, I do expect him to get solid amount of volume. TJ Hawkinson, he's coming off a foot injury. He has been fully taken off the injury report, which is really good to see after he gave a little scare on a, a, a minor midfoot sprain last week. I would be more concerned about this if you know he was a, did not participate on Wednesday, if he was only able to get one limited participation in this week and then was questionable or a game-time decision. Fully removed from injury report. I think he's safe to play. Should be wheels up. Shouldn't be really limited much in his production. David Njoku, last tight end here, he's dealing with a knee injury or was dealing with a knee injury. He is fully off the injury report as well. However, even though he's good to go and he's going to play, I would not consider starting him just again because P.J. Walker is at quarterback. Now, His Njoku's one of his best games did come with P.J. Walker at quarterback, but just the we, we just don't know what to project with P.J. Walker at quarterback. It, it could be a very ugly pass game. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper, I'm even considering benching. Tough to play him. Could be a eight target, two reception game. Same with Najoku. Uh, he just doesn't have a high ceiling. If you're absolutely desperate or dealing with injuries, you don't have anybody else, maybe consider playing him, but otherwise avoid. All right, that covers all main injuries this week. If you have any questions, please reach out in the Destination Devi Players Injuries channel and follow me on X at JMThrivePT. I always post live updates as injuries occur on Sundays, Mondays. I'm a degenerate. I watch most of the games and look for those injuries and typically provide uh, quick updates. So feel free to reach out there. Good luck this week. I hope you all get wins.